The following is a Kingfisher Media production. Welcome to In the Blood. We celebrate the value of the shared experience. We believe that when communication comes from the heart, it offers validation to those who might otherwise feel alone. It also gives permission for others to do the same. Together we're strong. Together we can stop being statistics for pain and sorrow. Together we can start the healing process. I'm AC Fisher, and with me as always is my co-host Jason Moore. Today's guest is no stranger to pain. That being said, she hasn't let that pain stop her. She's a true advocate for healing, for moving on, for forgiveness of others and of self. Please welcome the one and only Creed Revere. Thank you, AC. I am super excited to be here. I am, let's see, I have a podcast that I started about three months ago now called The Estranged Heart, and I'm working on trying to rebuild relationships in healthy ways between estranged parents and estranged adult children. So I guess we're the competition then. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think there's any competition. (laughs) There's lots of work to be done, so we're all needed. So Creed, the, the last time you and I chatted was on a different show. And at that time, you were dealing with some estrangement with uh, one or both of your daughters. My understanding is that that is no longer the case, which is kind of exciting. You want to tell us a little bit about what's happened between then and now? Yeah, um, I think we last talked about a year ago. And I was um, I had been reconciled with both of my daughters. And I had been formally estranged from both of them. Um, when we last talked, we were we had been reconciled, um, had been working on that, I guess, about three years at that point, um, having been reconciled. And we had not ever had a discussion about why the estrangement occurred, you know, the reasons why, the reasons why we came back together or anything along those lines. Um, and since then, we've had that conversation and that's been just recently within the last month and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah. So with a, with a big conversation like that looming, how do you go about starting talks with, with these people that mean so much to you where the communication has, has broken down? Well, you know, it's interesting because when, um, you know, I had, again, had been reconciled with them for about three years, three, um, well, about four years by the time this conversation happened. Um, and it was, again, we had, we had not talked about it. So it was really relationships that was superficial. We didn't really get into a lot of deep discussions about anything in life. Um, I still felt like I was walking on eggshells and making sure that I didn't, you know, do something that would trigger potentially another estrangement kind of thing. And, um, and in the midst of all of this, I have some, uh, I facilitate a couple of um, support groups for estranged parents, estranged moms. And I've been working in that 
decided to start the podcast. And um, it was actually through our last conversation that we had on a different show and my podcast that my youngest daughter listened to. And it was from those that she got in contact with me and said, I think the three of us need to sit down and have a talk and clear the air and get some, get some things straight. I think there's been some miscommunication and hopefully be able to heal from that. And so that's kind of how it all came together. There really wasn't a time that either of the girls said, you know, just on their own <laughs> without that prompting of, of shows about the podcast about estrangement to have said, you know, look, can we talk about this? Um, it was, it was through my storytelling on these shows that brought it all to light, so to speak. Oh, that's fantastic. It's, it's nice to see shows like this actually coming full circle and doing what you yes. intended them to do, especially for yourself. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, it was, um, you know, at, when I started the, the podcast for, for me, um, I, it was not with the intention of ever having that discussion with my girls. It had nothing to do with me. It was solely to help others and to help other moms to not feel so alone. Um, and hopefully to be able to deal with um, getting estranged adult children into the conversation with the parents and to, to start bringing people together instead of them being so separated, right? Because a lot of the podcasts that I um, know about and have, you know, have some awareness of, a lot of those are either for estranged parents or estranged adult children. And I wanted to bring that together, hopefully to have conversations around both of those. And so it had nothing to do with me per se and my personal estrangement journey and experience. So it was, it was really, um, it was interesting to see it evolve in having my daughter and me being vulnerable because I'm very real on my show. I'm very open. I'm very honest. I'm very emotional. And I have told my story as honestly as I can, I can possibly tell it. Mm -hmm. um, and then to have them react in a positive way to that was just phenomenal. One of the things that struck me about you immediately the, the first time we talked is how, well, I, I guess, first of all, how authentic you are, how transparent, but at the same time, you know, it, it's, it's easy for a lot of people to be transparent and authentic when describing their pain, which I think you did a, an extremely effective job at, but you didn't leave it there. You were so like, not just open to, but like almost eager to take personal responsibility for your role in things you acknowledged where the seeds of communication breakdown and misunderstanding may have been planted by you um yeah. i i have to wonder i mean like i mean i don't have any ex experience as an estranged parent i do have experience as an estranged child so i understand this us versus them kind of dynamic that develops online right but um I almost wonder, like, if I was going to put myself in the position of your daughters, like, is if this um, personal ownership was a big factor in opening up the lines of communication? 
I think it was. Um, there is a piece that for, for my daughters, they've been, um, there, there is a part of, of them that is a little hesitant, but I've just put it all out there, so to speak. Um, but I do think that they, they understand on one level that they almost got a, a clearer, more honest picture of mom because I wasn't filtering things for them, for their ears or for their heart. I was just telling my story. And I think that them seeing that honesty and me taking responsibility for my part in estrangement, because I think it's my belief that all of us play a part in our estrangement mm -hmm. stories. Um, and accepting that and taking the responsibility for my part in that, I think was, was a big piece of that for them. I think if, if I had not, I don't, I don't believe that we would have ever had that conversation and been healthy and happy as we are now. I, I would like to add something here. I find it very impressive and very mm, honorable to hear you say and, and to get a sideline take from this from an outsider who has not been previously involved in your conversation. For you to put it out there, it sounds from an outsider also like a very much a, I want to prevent other people from going through what I'm going through for the three years before you talk to your daughters. I'm, I have to tell you, I'm very honored to hear that. And it makes me feel stronger about other people out there putting forth and helping other people. That's, That's the you. biggest piece to this for me is, is helping others. Because when I, um, when I went through my estrangement, I was, I knew, nothing about nothing about nothing about estrangement. I, I didn't even know the term estrangement. Um, and I was just so, I felt so alone and not knowing where to go. I'm naturally a curious person, um, an inquisitive and wanting to learn lifelong learner. And so I was like, I don't understand this. How, why is this happening? How can, how can we fix this? Right. That was my next mode. Mm -hmm. And so I get where people, can can are in that place right and please don't miss <laughs> one of the things i talk about on my show all the time is please don't mistake my compassion and um honesty and you know that things are, are good now there was once a time when it was not good mm -hmm. and there was once upon a time that i did not like my children very much because of my victim mode and where i thought that you know they were doing this to me um, and so getting, doing all the work that I did to get us, get us as far as we could go on from my perspective. Right. And then I needed them to join in on the conversation, um, was, it was essential to do that work. And it, it was, I, I mean, it just, it has, it has to happen. I don't know of any reconciliation case that has happened where a parent hasn't done some sort of self-reflection and owning up to parts and pieces of their story, their estrangement story. And so it was really essential for me and doing my podcast is to help people to understand something more than just the surface level of estrangement. Okay. Well, and it also shows that we can go from a place to hurt and change it 
change our headspace from a victim mode to fixed mode. That is absolutely, phenomenal. absolutely. Well, what a good example for the people out there. Not easy, but it can be done. Right. <laughs> yes, it can. If I can do it, it can be done by True anyone who, want, who wants to have that happen. Yeah. One of the things that I found surprising when we when we spoke the last time was comparing the perspective of the estranged child to the perspective of the estranged parent. And one of the things I feel that I learned through that conversation was that there does seem to be a lot more pressure on the parental end of the estrangement than there is on the child's end. And I don't want to minimize any estranged children's experience. But being both a parent and the child myself, I understand that in, in most things, it's easier to be the kid than, I guess, mom or dad, right? Right. Can, can you explain like how you sort of, I guess, first of all, identify, but then also came to terms with this, started to deal with these additional pressures from, from your end of the equation? As far as a rec- you know, coming back together and reconciling, is that, is that what you're referencing? specifically specifically yeah yeah um you know i don't know that it's something that i consciously thought thought that oh in in the moment right as it's happening that oh i'm the one who needs to get this together right i think it was more for me um because I'm just a fixer. I have always been. I've been in careers that it's been, you know, you take the lead, you make things happen, you get it fixed and we move on. Um, and so that's, that is just who I am naturally in the world. And that was where I was at was this, I, I, we, I've got to fix this. How do I fix this? And I knew I could not change them. There, there was, it wasn't going to happen. And if I sat around waiting for them to change something, we were going to be waiting for years, um, if if it ever happened. Um, and so I had to get busy with figuring out what I had control of, what I could do for me, um, and hope that that rolled over onto them. Are you enjoying In the Blood? Support the show by clicking the subscribe button and follow us on social media. Down the road, as I'm working with other estranged moms and facilitating support groups and things along that line, that's when I really started to see the picture come together. That's when I started to see the the pressure and the focus to be on the parent to make amends on the parents to make, you know, say, I'm sorry and take responsibility for their part in this. Um, be, and I started to talk with estranged adult children and started to see it from that perspective. And then I start, then the, the culminating thing was, Oh, this is a power dynamic. Oh, Hmm. There will always be, if your child is 50 and you're 80, you will still be the parent and they will still be the child. There will always be this power dynamic. And so in order to facilitate change, generally the person who holds the power in this relationship is generally the one that can really set the course. Now they talk about 
in estrangement, right? That the estranged adult children are the ones that hold the power because they're the ones that walk away, right? They're like, well, they hold all the power in this relationship. And while part of that is true, I don't think it's 100%. (laughs) I still think that it's the parents because there will always be that power dynamic. Always. Always. That's I don't know if that answers your question. No, no, it does. Um. I, I I don't want to trample on you, Jason, if you've got any questions, but I do have one that's burning on my mind right now. Go ahead. I can ask afterwards. Okay. Uh, you, you'd mentioned, you know, working in these like estrangement uh, support groups and interacting with other parents, other children, whatnot. Did you um, maybe see a little bit of yourself in the other parents and, and, and maybe get an outsider's perspective on the mistakes that you had made or were making through interacting with other people and their stories? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and that's oftentimes the part where I experience some frustration, even today when I'm talking with a strange, especially strange moms, right? Is because I'm like, oh my heavens. <laughs> I see it. I see. Oh, I did that. Oh, I said those things. Oh, oh, there we are. Right. Like I, I, I can see it as plain as day now. Right. Would have not seen it prior to all of this, but absolutely. I see it. And I have to say, you know, back when we, our first conversation, it didn't, it's so amazing to me how we, we as human beings can be in the middle of something and cannot see the forest for the trees, right? Because we're smack dab in the middle of it. And we step out and we can see someone else doing the exact same thing. And we're like, Oh, don't do that. But we can't see it ourselves. Or we can't say, Oh, that happened to me too. So with our last conversation, it had not occurred to me. Oh, I've had my own estrangements with my mom. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. who how how did I miss <laughs> how did I miss that right so the more that I've delved into that the more that I can see everything from both sides now I'm right smack in the middle of it I can see it from the parents perspective I can see it from the kids perspective and it just affords me I what I feel like is just this very unique position to mm. be in to be able to relate to both sides and, and that's just astounding to me that I've missed that all of these years thinking here I was this rosy child, right? <laughs> it wasn't, that wasn't the case. I said and did a lot of the things that my own children said and did to me. So there you have it. Very cool. Um, so just to broaden on that a little bit, because I'm very curious, because I can only see it from the child's point of view from through mm-hmm. estrangement and though i i agree and and kind of disagree because again i'm only seeing it from a single perspective you can see it now as a child and an adult but was there an aha moment that said to you oh wait a second i don't have to be a victim and and change your victimized headset or um headspace again i don't know that it was that literal and that it, with a with a conscious awareness around that okay. it got to a place for me where i was 
I was tired of being tired. I was tired of remaining in pain. Mm. And that's when I was like, I can't. And I've, I've talked about this before in other interviews that I've done. I, I, I got to the place where I, I had said, I have to figure out a way out of this, whether my children are in my life or not. I cannot remain in this place of misery and pain and not wanting to be active in life and all of those things. And if it brings me back to my children, then fabulous and wonderful. And I hope that that's what happens. But if it doesn't, I have to continue on with my life. I cannot stay here in this place. So it was, but it wasn't. It wasn't that consciousness of, I got to do something different here because I'm, being, I'm playing the victim here. I didn't have that awareness. I don't know if that answers your question. Oh, absolutely. It, it sounds like a, a part of the equation was forgiveness of self and forgiveness of uh, past actions. Did, did you struggle with, with, with that in the sense of feeling like maybe I don't deserve to forgive me? I struggled with that a lot, <laughs> a lot. Um, it really, and, and I know that we talked about this the last time, um, was my regrets, right? My regrets just absolutely took me under for a very, very long time. You know, I got to this place where I, I didn't want to feel the pain that I was feeling from estrangement. And then got myself into therapy. And when I started working on that in therapy, then I was like, oh my God, I have, now I'm seeing all these things that I did and said to my kids and all the damage I had done. And now I've got this crap load of regrets that I've got to deal with. Now, now what? <laughs> How do I get beyond that? And so that's when the, the self-forgiveness started to come into play. And that was really a very, very slow process for me because I felt like, on some level, I needed to be punished for mm -hmm. the pain that I caused my children. I really did. I felt, I felt that on a visceral level that I just, what, you know, I kept saying to myself, what parent would do this? You know, and I had to, I had to say that first before I could work through and get to the place where I was able to finally forgive myself and say, I did the best that I could at the time with the knowledge that I had, I had no idea that I was I had no, and I certainly wasn't intentionally harming my children. I had no idea at the time. And that's when the forgiveness started to come in when I could get in touch with that piece. Hmm. No, and as everybody knows, when it comes to punishing ourselves as parents, that, that self-deprecation hits very hard. <laughs> it is. Nobody can do worse it to is. us than we can do to ourselves. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that it was, it was really super hard. I mean, um, you know, my girls have struggled with a lot of things in life because of how I parented them. And I've talked <laughs> a lot about if I, if I had one do over in life, just one, it would be to change the way that I parented my children Fair without enough. a doubt. Do you feel, or maybe they've expressed, 
but do you be, do you feel that they have forgiven you for these things? They've expressed that they have. Um, and I'm, I mean, I feel blessed that they've given me that gift to tell me that they have, for, have forgiven me. But even, even with that, there's still remaining bits and pieces of that regret that I still carry. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it just is a piece, it's just a piece of it. Um, and it's something that I've learned to live with and not allow it to take me under like it used to. It used to just, I mean, it was, it was bad for a long time. Um, and I've, I've just, I don't allow it to take me there anymore. You know, I recognize it when it comes up, I allow it to, I, I allow myself to feel the feelings and then I'm able to move through it much more quickly than I, than I ever was before. But um, yeah, it still remains even with the forgiveness from them. It's one of those things that like, I know, like, I don't want to turn this into all about me, but as a parent, it's something I struggle with. I know where I've messed up with my kids and they are wonderful, gracious people who have expressed forgiveness. They almost seem to get mildly irritated with me at times because I just feel like I can't undo what's been done. I've got this compulsion to keep apologizing for things that are forgiven. And I know this is something I brought up with Jason a number of times, and I kind of like the way he's responded. Maybe he'd like to share that with the audience. Sure. Go ahead. (laughs) Put it in your words, AC. (laughs) Okay. Well, he was just going to duck out on this one. No, I mean, he, he's always telling me, you know, like when, when somebody offers you forgiveness, you have to figure out how to take it effectively. And, you know, as pertains to me and my kids, I guess, I guess he's known them their whole lives. He said, did you ever stop to think of how it feels for them when you won't accept the forgiveness that they're oh. offering, that they worked so hard for? It's almost like you're, you're doing additional new damage in not figuring out how to accept the forgiveness and apply it to yourself. Mm. I I don't know if that's at all helpful for you or to anybody who's listening, but I mean, it it meant the world to me to hear that. Yeah. He's right. He's right. It is. You know, when your kids tell you over and over and over again, you know, mom, it's okay. Like my oldest one, you know, I was a very young mom. I was 18 when I had my first daughter. And so she has told me on multiple occasions now, mom, you were a kid yourself. It's okay. Like it's okay. (laughs) You know, Mm. um, still it hurts, right. To know that, that we've hurt our children at the (laughs) same time. Think about when we, when we offer forgiveness for someone, right. Or we, tell someone you don't have to apologize. It's okay. It's, it's, oh, it sincerely, it's okay. And they go, Oh no, but and you're like, Oh my God, please stop. Like, you know, you get frustrated. And so I imagine that's just how it is for, for the kids. Right. And they're like, just let's move on from here. We adults, the older, the parents are the ones that usually have to, you know, have to be told multiple times um, to be able to to move on and get on with life instead of mm-hmm. um, sitting in that place in the, what I call the the wagon of regret. I'm just as a um, addition, I guess. I got very lucky that I learned from my anguish, I guess, 
with my parents, I learned that I never wanted to do that to my children. Mm -hmm. It was really driven in my head. And I got very lucky that I got that insight early because I made myself go single for eight years, though there were a carousel of reasons. One of the big things was I never wanted to create a situation between myself and my kids that I have with my parents or sorry, had with my parents. So I got just 100% pure luck where I was able to realize it because of a conversation I had with, I, well, partially with AC, but other people as well, pointing out before I got there, this is where it is. So I'd also like people to realize that sometimes there are opportunities for us to open our minds and get to that point before it becomes an estranged yeah. issue. Look at yourself and say, what am I doing now? Is this going a certain way? And is there something I can do about it as well? Right. Thank you for listening to In the Blood. Please remember to like, follow, and share. Right. That self-reflection is, is huge. And that's not something that we're taught. Right. It really isn't, right? It's something that I, I know I had to learn. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a long, hard road to do that. But if you can do that, you can. And if you have people in your life, they can help you to do that in a kind and compassionate way instead of pointing the finger and judging, right, right. and telling you to knock it off kind of thing because that's when we shut down and lock the door mm-hmm. kind of thing, right? It's, um, but it, it's the key. Um, and that's what, I've, what I try to, to do in my work with, with parents, with moms, is to help to get them to reflect on themselves for a variety of reasons. We want you to, to be able to reconcile with your, ch- your children, but you also, if you're, without that self-reflection, how are you going to grow as a human being? Right. Right. Regardless of your status as a parent, but mm-hmm. just as a human being. Well, and it's also a matter of let's get out of our own way. For me, the yeah. biggest thing was getting out of my own ego. You know, oh no, I'm not like that. I would never hurt my kids. I had to get out of my own ego to yeah. realize, no, no. Yeah dude, you are going there. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So a, a lot of the stuff you're talking about, I mean, it just, I, I should say the things that we're talking about, these aren't things that are limited to like parents and kids. It's like, I think any of our platonic or even romantic relationships could benefit from like a healthy dose of introspection and, yes. and personal ownership. I mean, Jason and I are one of our central philosophies. We, we've got a little bit more crass way of wording it, but the, the, the flowery version is that taking responsibility is a more effective endeavor than assigning blame. Yes. And I feel like, you know, that that's one point where we've all agreed on and we, we've all had success with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have any maybe advice for somebody who's struggling to adopt that? You know, when I, when I talk with estranged moms um, about that is, I, I think that there's a fear, right? There's a fear of um, acknowledging the hurts that we've doled out in our mm-hmm. lifetime. I, I think, that, and I think for women, especially, it's really hard you know, there's this, this cultural thing that says, you know, as a mom, as a woman, you don't hurt, you don't, 
inflict pain. You're supposed to be this docile, nurturing person all the time. And so to think of ourselves as having hurt someone and especially our children, then it's just, it's this really scary place to go. And so what I, and what I try to encourage them to do is to start with something that doesn't have the emotional attachment, right? Something that's very benign, so to speak. Um, maybe a casual acquaintance and friendship type thing. Mm -hmm. I ask them to start there before they delve into those close and intimate relationships, because that's really hard. It's hard for a lot of people. It's not, again, it's not something that we're taught to do. Um, I didn't know how to do it. Therapy is the one that taught me how to do it. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know. Um, and when we are triggered the way that we get triggered <laughs> in intimate and close relationships, whether that's friendship, romantic, or parent-child, it's, it's, it's very difficult to do if you've never done it before. Right. That introspection and that, I got to look in the mirror moment, mm -hmm. that, that can be very daunting. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is. It's scary. It is really, really, really scary. Um, and, but it's the key. It's, it's the key. It really is. Um, I have, uh, it's, it's interesting because I've, I've met obviously many mothers, especially through this podcast now of mine, um, that have reached out to me and, and, you know, we've met and talked and shared stories and things like along those lines. Um, and the ones that do the self-reflection, um, are the most amazing things for me to witness. It is just unbelievably wild to watch a, watch a mother reflect, not beat herself up, accept her part in it and say, I want to know more. I want to learn more about how I can be a better person and a better parent. Um, and that's vastly different than the parent who emails me and says, like I got the other day, you are all on the kid's side. You don't know anything about a parent's side. I've been estranged for 14 years. And what you're, what you're out here preaching is just, you know, you think you know everything there is to know. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, you don't. And I think to myself, wow, wow, wow. With that <laughs> mindset, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want, to have deep conversations with you. Somebody didn't I like really what they wouldn't. saw in the mirror. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and I know, I know that, you know, probably deep down inside there's lots of fears and stuff running running their show from behind the scenes. But man, that's where <sighs> find yourself a therapist. Find yourself a, a friend who can help you and not coddle you, right? Mm -hmm. But can help you to reflect on reality. And the reality is none of us are perfect. All of us make mistakes. Right. That's reality. And we all got to be a little bit more open to allowing people to call us on our crap. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. That's a whole other piece. Yeah. Not be so defensive. Busy pointing the finger. Mm -hmm. Well, uh -huh. remember every time you're pointing the finger, there's four pointing back, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I hate that we're getting to this point in the conversation because I mean, Cree, your, your insights, I, I, I don't think Jason and I can do them justice in showcasing them in a 45 minute conversation. Mm 
Are we there already? Holy crap. But <laughs> fortunately for the audience, Creed actually has got a lot to say on her own podcast. So if you want to keep gleaning from her knowledge, I would encourage everybody to check out her Facebook group, check out her online presence, definitely listen to her podcast. And I'm not going to give the, uh, the outsiders hard sell on these things. Maybe Creed, you can tell people the best way to get in touch with these works and maybe a little bit about like what these resources are all about. Sure. Um, so the podcast is The Estranged Heart, and it's on all the major platforms. Um, and it comes out weekly on Sunday afternoons, um, each episode. And um, I have a Facebook page, as well as an Instagram um, account under the same name, The Estranged Heart. Um, and then I have an online support group that I run on Facebook as well, and that's for estranged moms. My my goal at some point, maybe one day, is I get to have a support group that we can have some parents and children, maybe not of the same family, but some parents and adult children um, together. That's, that's my goal one day. Um, but for right now, it's just for estranged moms. And I work, uh, I work pretty hard in trying to, to get moms to see things, um, you know, that's, that's not right readily available on the surface, but let's look beneath the hood, so to speak. So that's where you can find me. I can, um, if anyone wants to contact me, I can be reached at theestrangedheart at gmail.com. That's the main source there. And uh, I welcome any and all input and feedback at any time. And as usual, anybody who's listening to the audio only version of this show will find links to Creed and all of her work in this week's show notes. For those of you who are fortunate enough to be watching, of course, we will drop the links at the bottom of the screen. And again, would encourage everybody to reach out to Creed, check out her resources. This lady is the real deal. Um, Jason, is there anything you'd like to add in closing? Um, Creed, I just want to thank you very much for the type of person you are. I want to thank you very much for putting so much of yourself out there to help people. Hopefully, we can do a quarter of what you have done. So thank you very much for doing all this. Oh, thank you, Jason. Thank you, AC. It's been my pleasure. Um, I appreciate you guys doing what you're doing and helping to uh, play a part in healing the world. Thank you. Thank you.